Today's scripture comes from Matthew 19. Today's scripture comes from Matthew 19, verse 14, and it reads this: Jesus said, "Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these." Amen. So today's sermon title is "A Child Like Me." Just a little bit about me. I was born in Seoul, South Korea, and I moved to America. I literally landed in JFK, drove to Palisades Park, and I've been here ever since second grade. I started p- playing piano when I was three years old, and I took lessons in the piano academy until I came to America. And I have to say, I wasn't half bad. I was pretty good. And I dreamt of becoming a pianist one day. I know some of our kids take piano lessons, and maybe some of their dreams are to become a pianist, or maybe some of our adults had that kind of dream as well. But when I immigrated to、um, the states, my parents couldn't afford to give me piano lessons, so I stopped. A few years later, I started taking lessons again, and this time I took lessons at my church. And my teacher was the church pianist. She taught me from the book, from the hymn book, actually. And when my fingers got loose again, I leveled up into a fancier hymn book <laughs> written by a pianist. These were pieces that were meant to be performed, and the hymn that I was supposed to perform was called "If I Come to Jesus." This song is sung quite a lot, actually, in the Korean Sunday school,、um, and it was one of my favorite songs growing up. I'm not going to sing it or play it on the piano because my piano skills are no good anymore. But the first verse it goes like this: If I come to Jesus, He will make me glad. He will give me pleasure when my heart is sad. If I come to Jesus, happy I shall be. He is gently calling little ones like me. This sounds a lot like our verse today. Jesus calls the little ones to Himself and says, "The kingdom of God belongs to such as these." He's not saying it only belongs to children, but it belongs to those like children. Then, what is it about children we need to know? One thing is that although children look so cute and innocent, they're also sinful. They have many moments where so pre- they're so precious, and but do you know when they're like the most angelic? When they're asleep. I used to work at a daycare slash preschool, and my co-teacher and I would have anywhere from like six to ten children at a time. And don't get me wrong, I love going to work. I love playing with the kids, but. If you're ever, if you've ever been with a kid for more than 30 minutes, you know that you just don't have the energy as an adult to match the one of a ch- of a child. So you just look forward to nap time, right? So I know a lot of parents, aunties, and uncles put, could probably like testify to that, right? But sometimes children also do things that makes you question where they learned it from or why, like they would do such a thing, like. Hitting another kid, or getting into fights, or saying mean things, right?、Um, so eventually, you learn that children aren't so innocent after all. Psalm fifty-one five. It says this: Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother con- conceived me. We're born in sin, so we are sinful in nature. So, what does it mean to be childlike to have the kingdom of God? 
Let's take a look at First um, Kings chapter 3, verse 7. And it says this, And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Although I am only a, a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And Jeremiah 1, 6 says, Truly, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. So the first verse is said by Solomon, and the second verse is said by prophet um, Jeremiah. Solomon was 20 years old when he be became king after his father, King David. And Jeremiah was about 17 when God called him to be a prophet. So no 20-year-old or a 17-year-old I know would say that they were only a boy or a little child. So what are they really saying to God? They're confessing that they are incapable, like a child. They do not possess the ability to do what God has called them to do on their own. How can a little child who does not know how to go in or out rule a nation? Or how can a boy who does not know how to speak be a messenger of God? Like a child, they are powerless on their own. Solomon and Jeremiah themselves are making this confession before the Lord. It is not anybody else's judgment or accusation that they're saying. It's them recognizing their weakness and ultimately admitting that they need God. They can't do without God. Innocence and cuteness doesn't get you into the presence of God. It's desperation for God that comes from knowing that you cannot do anything without Him that gets you there. It's admitting, God, if I don't have you, if I don't have your grace, your mercy, I am powerless to do the things that I even already know how to do. Jesus teaches about the kingdom of heaven in another place too. And it, it's in the Beatitudes. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When Jesus says poor in spirit, he means one that is totally in need of somebody else's help, just like a beggar who can't survive without another person's help. When we see how incapable we are without God, how hopeless and how helpless we are without his grace, we will surrender our pride and hold on tight to our Father in heaven like a child does to their parents. To such as these belong to the belong the kingdom of heaven. One characteristic that I love about children is their ability to trust without reservation. In, in the beginning, when I started working at the daycare, I was actually in the infant room um, with the babies. They were about three months old to a little less than two years old. And we would often bring the kids who can walk to another classroom to play while the crawling babies were in the main infant room. And one of those days, I was standing by the playhouse when one of the babies, this little baby girl, she was crawling towards me with the biggest smile on her face. And at that moment, I felt like the Lord was showing me a picture of what it's like to be childlike before him. This baby girl, along with the rest of the babies, trusted me, trust me, based on the sole fact that I am their caretaker. Because I was Miss Bo, that's what they called me. Um, she wasn't doubting that I wasn't going to hold her when she reached out for me, because I always did. She did not think that I would hurt her because I would never hurt her on purpose. And even the older 
preschool kids, they trusted me because I was Miss Bo, their teacher. I would always tell them, Miss Bo always keeps her promises to show them that they can trust me and I always kept my word to them. Without me, they were powerless and helpless. And if any of them were in harm's way or God forbid they did get hurt, I would be there to help them and to protect them from further harm. All of them trusted me without reservation because I was their caretaker. So often in our walk with God, we stop trusting because we don't want to take God at his word. We don't like the verse we read because it rubs against the sore spot in our heart. Or we don't trust that God will pull through on his promises because he's not on our timeline, so we just stop. In the Old Testament, there's a man, his name was Naaman. Our Mercy Kids actually learned about him a couple of weeks ago. He was a commander in the army of Aram, and he had a bad case of leprosy. At his home, there was a young servant girl that he took from Israel, and she convinced Naaman to go see Elisha, the prophet, because she knew that God could heal Naaman. So Naaman took a trip to see Elisha, and he said, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River, and your leprosy will be cleansed and healed. So simple, right? But Naaman got mad because it wasn't the way or it wasn't what he thought it was going to be. He was walking away angry and he said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on, my, call on the name of the Lord, his God. Wave his hands over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. And are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? But the young servant girl went to Naaman and asked, if he told you to do something great, would you actually have done it? How easy is it to wash yourself in the Jordan and you don't even want to do that? Ouch, right? Aren't we so much like Naaman? Naaman didn't like Elisha's directions. He had his own idea of what Elisha, the messenger of the Almighty God, should do for him. We also do that with God sometimes, don't we? We come up with the ifs, buts, and so's to reason, justify, and rationalize what God is doing in our lives because it's not our way. But oftentimes what we ignore ends up being easier than what we think we want to happen. Naaman finally washes himself seven times in the Jordan River, as Elisha told him. In the verse 14, it says, His skin became clean like a young boy. Like a young boy. God is showing a clear picture to us of what it means to become childlike. Becoming childlike before the Lord is letting go of our thoughts and taking God at His word, obeying Him, because when we obey, there's healing and transformation and spiritual transformation that takes place. If you look further into Naaman's story, it doesn't just end with leprosy going away. He receives a spiritual transformation. This man who worships false idols commits himself fully to worship God and God alone. That's the grace we, that's the grace we receive in obedience. I know today we're celebrating our children, and this sermon is definitely not the easiest one for our kids. I'd be lucky if they remember the story of Naaman at all, if I'm being completely honest. 
But the point is this. It's all about God. We are His children, and God is teaching us how to have a childlike heart. All that we are is for God and on to God. When the posture of our hearts become childlike, trusting God with no reservations, obeying Him at His word because we cannot do anything without Him, we will inherit the kingdom of heaven. So let's close our eyes in prayer. I just want to take some time to reflect on where our hearts are right now. Is your heart childlike or is it hardened by disobedience? What are you holding on to that is stopping you from trusting God at His word? Maybe it's pride or past hurts that haven't been healed. Or maybe you haven't fully committed yourself to the Lord. Let's let's ask the Holy Spirit right now to reveal this to you.
everyone, if you're able, to put your hands out in front of you like this. Like this. For those of you who know what is hindering you from fully committing yourself to the Lord, I want to I want you to imagine that you're releasing that to God at this moment. And I want you to say this prayer with me. So just repeat after me. Father, I release what I ha- what I have been holding that stops me from fully trusting you at the foot of the cross. I surrender my thoughts and my control and I submit them under your will and plan for my life. Father, show me your grace and mercy as I walk in obedience with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.